Give it up for my man, Linus. I love that guy, man. He's so great. Like, Linus is a great example of a disciple. He's got scripture memorized. He doesn't mind if uh, people think he's a little bit weird, right? He carries around his blue blanket. He owns it. That's just part of who he is, right? He's cool with that. He, he's not willing to testify in front of his friends uh, to the good news of the gospel. Man, Linus is my guy. He's also the first guy that shared the gospel with me, right? So I know everybody's looking like that's weird, but I didn't grow up Christian at all. There was like no scripture, no idea of what that was or, or the implications of that in my home. Uh, and so the first time I ever heard the gospel was when Linus shared it on Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. So he shared the gospel with me for the first time. So, you know, I'll, I'll always be thankful of Linus, right? This is why I worship tonight, right? Thank you, God, for Linus. <laughs> By God's grace, eventually, not only did I hear it from Linus, but I and not uh, kind of have this weird concept that that was a strange part of a cartoon, right? But uh, I came to believe it. By God's grace, it worked in my life. And uh, since that time, I've read that story many, many other times. And the more I meditate on that story, the more I am uh, in awe of how wonderful and weird that story is. I mean, seriously, is it the story of Jesus' birth? Like the most wonderfully weird story that you've ever heard. I just want to take a moment and uh, sit with that for a minute tonight because sometimes I think, especially for those of us that have heard that story lots and lots of times in our life, that the beautiful absurdity of the whole thing just completely misses us because we've just heard it so many times. But we who are Christians actually believe that 2,000 years ago, God Almighty came to us as a helpless, poor, vulnerable little baby in the unimportant podunk town of Bethlehem. What? As we enter this season of Advent where we commit to watching and looking for Jesus, I want us to dive in and swim around a little bit in the wonderful weirdness of this story tonight. Because I think with all the time we spend dashing through the snow, right, that we do at this time of year, decking the halls, rocking around the Christmas tree, y'all know what I'm talking about. Even those of you who are haters of Christmas music, you've turned it on now, right? We're past Thanksgiving, right? It's on. With all the time we spend with that this time of year, it's easy to slip into thinking that somehow the story of Christmas is a nice, safe, respectable story like the night before Christmas. Now there's a nice, safe, respectable story. Right? Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature is stirring, not even a, that's a good story. <laughs> nice, safe, very respectable, good story. And I think it's really easy for us to begin to merge the nice, safe, respectable night before Christmas. The, the myths of Santa and the magical reindeer. I hope I didn't ruin anybody's Christmas there. But, <laughs> right? And to merge that story with the story of Jesus. But as we enter Advent and we prepare for another Christmas, let's be awake. Awake to the amazing and scandalous story 
of Christmas. And some of you probably think I'm being a little bit overly dramatic. But let's just play, let's play this out for a second. Let's imagine you're at home for Thanksgiving dinner. And your older sister who's recently engaged around the dinner table or around the TV while everyone's watching the Lions, you know, lose. But um, <laughs> well, everybody, just saying, I grew up there. They can't even blow the silver dome up right. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right. Anyway, off point. Right, you're sitting around the table for Thanksgiving, and your older sister, who's engaged to a very respectable young building contractor, says, I'm pregnant. <gasps> See? <laughs> Thank you. Somebody's with me here. I love it. Good job. Right? There's either that a reaction or just this heavy, oppressive feeling of awkward silence. Right? I mean, you and Joseph, like, you know? No, he didn't. No! You slept with someone else? No. Then how are you pregnant? Right? This predates in vitro, right? I mean, so how are you pregnant? The Holy Spirit made me pregnant. <laughs> and how do you know that? An angel told me. <laughs> what? I mean, imagine yourself in the shoes of a young woman engaged to be married, and somehow you have to convince your fiancé, your family, your community that the child growing inside of you is conceived by the Holy Spirit. That's a hard sell. It's no wonder that Matthew tells us that the angel also appeared to Joseph, the fiancé, to tell him not to break off the engagement. This is scandalous. And then there's the part of the story that Linus tells us about on Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown, when it sounds so nice when he says it. But I, I want to imagine, let's just say this happened in our day, in our time. Luke chapter 2, which is what our good friend Linus quotes, it might sound something like this. And there were migrant workers living out in a field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And suddenly, the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. Makes sense. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For today in Allendale, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be the sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in rags and lying in a horse trough. Suddenly. A great company of the heavenly hosts appeared before them, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace on those to whom his favor rests. So they hurried off, and they found Mary, Joseph, and the baby who was lying in a horse trough. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the migrant workers told them. Whoa! 
amazed? You know, how would you respond if a handful of migrant workers just come bursting in, smelling like sheep, unshaven, dirty? They start blubbering on about how they'd seen the Savior of the world born in a barn just outside Allendale. Amazed? And maybe we actually believe them when we go and we find a smelly barn with a young woman and her fiancé holding their ragamuffin infant. This this is the Savior of the world. I tell you, brothers and sisters, we lose something when we sanitize the story. And we make it nice, safe, and respectable. That's not the story we find in Scripture. The story we find in Scripture is the story of an amazing, vulnerable, scandalous God. A God who is reckless in his love. A God who is free from being concerned about being thought nice or respectable. It's a story that's meant to shake us out of a nice, safe, respectable slumber and awaken us to the advent of a God who is so filled with love that he cares nothing for safety and respectability, but throws himself headlong into what he loves. And what he loves is the world. What may be the most well-known verse of all in all the Bible, Jesus would later tell us after he had grown up and began his own ministry, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God doesn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world would live through him. Let your mind wonder this season as we enter another Advent and journey to Christmas with the shepherds. Let your mind wonder at this weird reality of who God is and how he comes to us. Consider that the one who shaped you in your mother's womb entered Mary's womb through the Holy Spirit. Meditate on the thought that the very one who dwells in glorious light inexpressible was born in a dark, stinking barn in Bethlehem. Wonder at the beautiful absurdity that the God of all power and majesty that we were just singing about became helpless, hungry, and dirty in order to save a helpless, hungry, dirty world. That's how much God loves the world. That's how much God loves you. As we continue to walk with the shepherds this season, let's not be deceived into thinking that this is a nice, safe, respectable story. Christmas is the story of a scandalous God who is vulnerable and passionate. A God who loves with the recklessness of a father who will move heaven and earth in order to rescue his children. Let's follow that God. Let's tell his story. Let's tell his story as we finish up 
uh, projects this week and as we take final exams next week. Let's tell his story as we head back home to family. Let's tell his story as we graduate and move into the next season of our lives. Let's be like these shepherds and spread the word about all that we have seen and heard. Because this story, this story is wonderful. It's weird. It always has been. It's a wonderfully weird story of an amazing God who will move heaven and earth to save the world. Let's tell his story and be amazed at what God can do with people who will tell that story. Amen? Pray with me. Lord our God, the story of your coming into the world to save people like us. It's an amazing story. And it's really weird to us. It doesn't fit our paradigms. It blows away our expectations. And so, God, for those of us that are here tonight who have not embraced this story as our own story, I pray, Lord Jesus, come into this moment, reveal yourself so that the power of your incarnation and your coming will be received and experienced for those folks who are here tonight who need to experience you breaking through into the dirt, into the vulnerability of their life. And for all of us, God, who have experienced the amazing story of the gospel, I pray, give us the same passion and wonder of the shepherds. That where we go, wherever we go, we are sharing this amazing story of a God who moves heaven and earth to save the world. May the power of this come alive in us in new and fresh ways as we walk toward Christmas. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ and through your Holy Spirit. And together we all say, Amen.